this week. For the least Halloween Halloween mini-sode of Body Counts and Beer Ever, we're discussing our favorite defunct record stores? Hello, and welcome to a stupid mini-sode of Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosendahl. I'm Patrick Bromley. I'm Jonathan the Screaming Skull, Rooney Taylor. (laughs) Nice. Uh, And this week, uh, after last week's episode where we discussed D2K, Dracula 2000, uh, which features a virgin megastore in it, we're going to be discussing our favorite defunct record stores. They're like ghosts of businesses. This money cassettes. This very apartment building was built on the ancient ruins of a Sam Goody. Oh no! Uh. Haunted by sarcastic clerks. <laughs> uh, so let's go around the horn. Uh, we'll start with you, Patrick. Favorite defunct record store? <laughs> I'm going to go with Tower Records. Yeah! Because there was a Tower Records at a mall uh, near where I grew up, and it was an outdoor mall. Ooh, so it was yeah. like a big like wraparound thing, and the Tower Records was so big that it had entrances on both sides of the outdoor mall. Oh, shit. Oh, it was so big. And you could go in like a special like soundproofed glass room and listen to rock albums. Or Ooh. make out with your lady or fella. Yeah, well, it was glass, so like every Everybody could see you, but you could. That's not going to stop a lot of nah, people. I really That's probably true. wouldn't. And Tower Records is pretty sleazy. Oh, right? for sure. Oh, but it was awesome because if you couldn't get stuff at normal stores or the tiny mall stores, you could always go to Tower Records and eventually find it. You just had to sort through all of Tower Records. True. Yeah, Tower Records always had the most insane way of like separating CDs because most places you would go would be like, all right, rock, pop. Uh, Hip hop, R and B, country, yeah, and that's it. And that's it. I but mean, is Shania Twain country? Is she easy listening? Is she top forty? Is she adult contempo? But like Tower Records would break everything down into like micro yeah, genres. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you go down an aisle and be like, all right, seventies rock and roll, sixties uh, ska. 80s revival ska, yeah. 90s third wave ska. Right, everything was broken down into super minor, so it was always impossible to find something unless you knew specifically what it was. Exactly the subgenre, yeah. But they were all Tower Records was always cool because they had the, the Tower Records we had in Schaumburg that I used to go uh, when I got a car. I would drive out to had like three listening banks, so in each yeah. bank had like six pairs of headphones, and each station had like. 10 albums. So, like, conceivably, you could listen to like a hundred different albums at a time. Yeah. But if you did that, they'd eventually come up to you and be like, Get out, kid. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you also, they were like standing stations. So, right. you, you, you did have get to get real time. Yeah, for sure. The one reason I always like going to our Tower Records because it was right around the corner from a, a Play It Again Sports. Oh, Ooh. nice. So, I could always go look at like, uh, like used hockey pads or something like that. Nice. To yeah. build like a. Batman suit. Of course. Which I never did. Because yeah. hockey pads, even when they're used, are very expensive. Yeah, that's why you got to go straight Casey Jones. Yep, just the mask. Just the mask and the stick. Yep. Yeah. And a cricket bat. Yeah. 
He had it all, maybe. The problem was that golf bag cost a fortune. <laughs> yeah. Ah, nah, man. I got all my golf supplies from a Golf USA that went out of business and auctioned everything off. Nice. I got a bag and clothes for like 20 bucks. Not bad. <laughs> Yeah, the the, the, the the bundle of clothes was just rubber banded together and half of them were left-handed, but whatever, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> it got wrong. me through my first couple nine-hole rounds. Yeah, there you go. Uh, John, favorite defunct record store? Uh, does Borders count? It does. It borders! Does. Uh, yeah, so that was kind of the, f- the first like multimedia store that ever opened up in our area was uh, Media Play. Uh, and that was a lot of fun to just sort of like wander around in because it was about the size of like a Kmart. It was like right. pretty decent size, but it wasn't like overwhelming. Uh, then that shut down and I can't remember what it became, but it was something fucking stupid. <laughs> uh, but then they opened up in the like in the strip mall across the freeway from that uh, Borders, which was great because it was music, books, coffee. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, eventually they had movies. Yeah. They didn't yeah. start with movies though, but yeah. That's where I would always get my trade paperbacks of comic books, my uh, manga, because they had they were the first store to like really carry it. They had the deal with, I think, Tokyo Pop, where they just like a pipeline directly from Japan to America of like all the manga you could ever want. Like steamships full of manga pulling exactly. up to the yeah. borders. <laughs> Correct. Throwing over those big heavy ropes. <laughs> yep. Hitching up. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you get the mules to get it across <laughs> the land. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, but what was great is uh, fun loophole. You didn't have to buy any of that shit because they was read it. exactly right there at the coffee shop that was attached. Yeah. yeah, that was the big crazy thing that killed bookstores. They always had comfy chairs to sit in to read yeah, books. Yeah, and read it. Ah, oh, good stuff, bookstores. And they never. And then they were trained to never walk up to you to be like, "This ain't a library." Yeah, like they would at the convenience store that sold comic books. Yeah. Oh man, if I did that, it was yeah. this ain't a library. But if I went to a bookstore and I was like, "I'm gonna read this book," they're like, "Curse you! You're doing what we are built to do." Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I. I mean, it kind of worked though, because I definitely got like all of my Beck CDs there. Sure. You know, yeah, yeah. I definitely. And, when know, they got DVDs, I I bought a whole bunch of fucking like DVDs and stupid stuff. And you paid like an 800% markup for a cup of coffee, too. True. Yeah, but it was Seattle's best coffee. So that meant yep. it was okay. <laughs> yeah. A lot of real awkward first dates that didn't go anywhere at that Borders <laughs> Cafe. Uh, let me tell you. Yeah. Uh, I, there was one specifically I remember was like a blind date setup that I my friend clearly didn't put any more thought into this than. You're single. She's single. Go. <laughs> so nice. it was they we oh, like so middle school. No, post graduating <laughs> high school. <laughs> we all should have known better. Oh man. Uh, but he gave us each other's phone number, and this was like right when I first got my first like flip phone, cell phone. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, ah, we'll meet at this Borders Cafe, and I got there early so that I could like have my coffee and not like awkwardly have to like look for this other human being. And then she, uh, she called me, and I picked up, and I saw her in the like magazine racks coming, and like. When I answered it, she like pieced together who it was and immediately turned around on her heels. Oh no! Oh, no! Oh, <laughs> she said like, "Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm I'm too nervous to like meet you right now. Maybe like oh another time." And I'm just oh, like, oh, "Nope, nope." Uh, oh, that <laughs> yeah. is harsh. But it's okay. 
I'll get over her. I know I will. <laughs> Even though my heart's still beating. <laughs> Just call me the king of wishful thinking. Oh, man, <laughs> oh, man that's awful. Uh, I got kicked out of a Borders or asked to leave a Borders once. <laughs> asked to leave. Yeah. That's as much as kicked out as you can get. Yeah, I was, uh, I went there. There was, a, there was a girl that I, it was in high school, or this is just... No, this this was yeah, uh, summer after high school, but before I went away to college, uh, and I was uh, <laughs> there was this girl that I liked, and then she worked at this Borders, and so I would always and like this Borders was in like like five towns away, it was like a forty minute drive, Damn. but I would always go there to like order books or something like that, sure. you know, just have an opportunity to talk to this girl, yeah, who, who lived in my town, and I went to high school with, I could have called her at any time. But I was like, I would always nah, just be you like, put in the legwork. I yeah. was always just like, oh, I always forget you work here. Like, I just came ah. to get a book. <laughs> what a coincidence. Ah. Uh, do you happen to have a hardback cover of I'm a super great guy and we should go out on a date? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish I was that clever. Oh, man. I wouldn't even, like, didn't even try to make a move on her. <laughs> Ever. Uh, especially after this. So, so I was going to say, how does this lead in? I know, <laughs> right? This is about so, to get dark. So they. <laughs> I hadn't. She told me she's like, "Oh, we have a." She knew I was going to school at some point to go do comedy. She's like, "You know, we have an open mic at the store. You should come oh and check it out." And I was like, "Oh, yeah, for sure. I'll definitely come to an open mic." Uh, and uh, that day of the open mic, I was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna sing a song. I'm gonna get my guitar. I'm gonna like write a song. Oh, yeah, God damn music. you! Not comedy music, just a song. It was like a real because it's just an open mic song, right? Right. So oh like, yeah, yeah. So I okay. sit down and I get, oh. I get crazy day drunk, <laughs> <laughs> and I and I start writing this song. Uh, and at the time, I had like a four track like Tascam tape recorder that you could like record like four separate tracks on. Damn. And I wrote like I used all four tracks up. <laughs> they were all it was three guitar tracks and one vocal track. Nice. <laughs> no drums, no bass, nothing. Uh, and when I was done with it, I was fucking shit-faced. And I was like, was I super it? hope that you start your song by saying, I have a tape I want to play. Oh, no, because I hadn't seen I hadn't seen Stop, Stop Making, Making Sense oh, yet. Oh, God. Oh. I'm hoping that you're, the next part of the story is your drunk ass gets in the car and drives for 40 minutes. Okay, no, the next part of the story is I <laughs> listened to this tape like 30 times in a row of the you song. I, the song. Uh, and uh, the song I just wrote and recorded and convinced myself not only is this going to kill at the open mic, but I have written the greatest song of all time. <laughs> I am a musical prodigy, and I am going to be very famous. Uh, I thought prodigy me... already did music. Yeah, no, but this is drunk, brilliant prodigy. Yeah. So I... Oh, so Trent Reznor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I, I got, I was like, well, I gotta like sober up to go to this thing. So I made a pot of, I, I cooked a box of spaghetti with a jar of sauce, <laughs> and like just like a, like five slices of white bread, yeah. and just ate all of it to yeah, like sober up. Oh alcohol. god! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh god! Uh, Got in my car like after like an hour. Uh, drive all the way out to fucking Batavia. Go to this borders. Sit down. The first guy who comes out, he uh, he's got like a fucking acoustic guitar, and he's the host of the open mic, and he's like like my, uh, maybe a couple years older than I am, and he comes out and he just starts playing like Neil Young songs. Sure. So he plays like Heart of Gold and like That's Old Man and shit oh, yeah. like that. Then he leaves. He brings up the next performer. It's 
his dad, who's got an acoustic guitar and one of them harmonica things over his oh, mouth. fuck yeah. yeah. He starts singing Neil Young songs. <laughs> he does Harvest Moon and like fucking uh, 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 Southern Man and shit. And he's playing the fucking harmonica. It's, I would have fucking loved if they both played the same song. I know, oh, right? God. Like they hadn't got on the same page before the open mic. <laughs> they looked, it looked like, the dad looked like you just scaled up the kid. Nice. <laughs> uh, and, and gave him a harmonica. Yeah, he got a super mushroom. Yeah. He so could now, take one more hit from Bowser. So now it's my my turn. I'm still a little inebriated and also like like drunk. So I get up on stage and here, hold on one second. Uh-oh, uh-oh. We're running off for special effects. Edit point. No, nah. don't even worry about it. Don't even okay. edit. Alright, alright, alright. So all right. This, See, gets his guitar. This is the song I played. <laughs> uh, I'm playing an electric unplugged, but hopefully you can hear it. This is exactly what happened after I got on stage. I started off by coming up, and I was like, I'm going to make a joke first to like get the crowd on my side. So yeah. I said, I was like, oh, you know, I really don't want to like, I don't really want to like follow these guys who came before me because they make, they're like, they, 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 I'm like a chimp who just followed Coco the Signing Gorilla. Dead silence. Dead silence. Yeah. Dead. Yeah. Angry silence. <laughs> and it then has the cadence of a racist joke, but sure. I don't know what to be offended about. Yeah, no, uh, right. They my, were right not to laugh. My, my response <laughs> the to safe that bet was don't laugh. Yeah. My response was to then go. That was a funny joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love when comedians tell me that it was funny. And then I started playing the song. I, so I played a different song first, just to open up. Uh, and then do you I, remember what that song was? I do. It was another song I wrote uh, that my buddy and uh, I wrote for a, a play that my buddy Daniel and I wrote called "Delusions of a Homeless Mind." Uh, it's basically like the secret life of Walter Mitty, but with hobos. Uh, um, <laughs> I bet that was very tasteful. Ooh, it was not. <laughs> <laughs> I bet this audience was even more on your side. It was handwritten on fifteen pages of loose leaf paper <laughs> with pen, both sides. Nice. Oh boy. Uh, all right. All right. But then after that, I did this song. So this song uh, is called High School Poetry, and this is exactly how it went down as I played this song. All right. See your face on the TV screen Hear you talking, it don't mean a thing I know you wanna get me back But I won't give you the saddest fact Fuck! Shit! God damn it! <laughs> Was the tape playing at this point as no, well? No, 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 this is just me and a guitar So <laughs> I yelled No, no, no I, I, the, I, that was me recording it for funsies, and then I convinced myself it was so good. Okay. So I yell, fuck shit, god damn it. Sorry, sorry, and then like... Wait, why did you yell fuck shit? Because I me- hit the wrong chord, I like oh, messed up, right? Okay, okay. And so it was, it was like, so perfect that to give you anything less... <laughs> yeah, so then I, I was like, alright, sorry, let me just, let me just get back into it. <laughs> Damn it! Shit! Fuck! <laughs> and I messed up again. And then the, the the manager of Borders, who had heard me the first time loudly scream swear words, gets on the overhead PA and goes, uh, "If you uh, if you keep 
using language like that, I'm you're gonna have to you're just gonna have to leave. <laughs> so the stakes are high. Oh so man. is the girl you like in attendance to this open? She's mic? sitting three feet in front of me, <laughs> front Fuck. row. Yes. She is laughing her ass off. Oh yeah. uh so at this point I abandon the song and I do two minutes of terrible stand-up. Nice. <laughs> Walk away Take my guitar, unplug it from the amp they have there. I forget to turn the volume down, so it just gives off feedback. <laughs> I grab my guitar, I walk out to the car, and then I get to my car and realize I don't have the keys to my car. No. I left them on my table. So I have to go back in while someone else is performing and go, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Ah, I, I need my keys. keys. Jingle, jingle, jingle. <laughs> jingle, jingle. Excuse me, jingle, jingle. Out to my car to drive away forever. <laughs> I hope that this is the last time you were ever in Batavia, Illinois. That's the last time I was at that Borders, for sure. Nice. But you know what? Borders closed down and I'm still here. So who's the real winner? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the recession hit us all in different ways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Mark, uh, Favorite defunct record store? Clearly not Borders. Oh, definitely not Borders. Uh, so uh, my favorite defunct record store is probably gonna have to be Sam Goody. Yeah. Because that was the one that was in my local mall. That was where I bought all of my like CDs and stuff. And then later on, when I got into college, Sam Goody uh, started to sell like DVDs and stuff. And I bought my two first DVDs at a Sam Goody up in Ooh, Canada. Nice. I bought Blade Runner because fuck yeah. Yeah. And I bought Desperado because yeah. fuck yeah. yeah. Because fuck yeah. Solid yeah. choices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sam Goody has like a like a place in my heart. It was the place I always went to buy albums and stuff. Yeah. That's where I uh, that's where I bought uh, my first Corn album. My nice. uh, my first Limp Biscuit album. Mm. Uh, my first Corn album was actually the Life is Peachy, their second album. <laughs> that was before Follow the Leader, oh, so I was no. already like, yeah. I was already a fan when that song came yeah. out, John. All right. Yeah, Mark was into Corn before it was cool. <laughs> uh, Patrick Counterpoint, Corn was always cool. They had a song called Adidas, which stands for All Day I Dream About Sex. <laughs> Did it spell it out in parentheses? No, it was a it was an acronym, so it had periods after each letter. Nice, a d i d a s. Nice. Uh, yeah, they have, are they the ones that add fucking uh, uh, the guy that did the alien concept art design there? Fucking yeah, the H R Giger yeah, made Jonathan yeah, Davis's yeah. Uh, uh, like microphone stand, and it's like a. It's like a like a like a naked alien lady with half of her head cut off or whatever yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah it's super it is creepy looking. Way too cool for that stupid band. It really is. Yeah. It's like all those bandanas that Steven Tyler does. Yeah, those yeah, bandanas yeah. are way cooler than Steven Tyler. Definitely. Well, yeah, but I they mean, do. there was that part where he was on drugs. That was pretty rad. And those uh, those bandanas definitely make the uh, the microphone look bigger. That's true. Which also the fact that Steven Tyler is skinnier than a microphone stand. Helps to make the microphone look bigger. You're right. It was oh, easier so to hide behind the microphone right. stand with all those <laughs> yeah. bandanas. Steven Tyler is the Kate Moss of humans. 
Plus, I feel like Aerosmith was really like they were they had been around for a while, but yeah. they really like broke through in the nineties, kind of the same time like that late eighties, uh, early nineties. The yeah. same time that uh, Guns N' Roses was kind of hitting it big, sure. and Axl Rose's biggest like contribution to stage presence was to have like a weaponized microphone stand, yeah. right? You know, like he really owned it. So I feel like everybody kind of needed to have like a mic stand trick, yeah, sure, some stuff, some going kind of on. like a signature. Nah. Yeah. I'll buy it. No, so it's definitely got, it was hot in the late 80s with like Love in an Elevator and Living uh, It Up While I'm Going. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, they had like, they got, they were pretty big in the 70s. They were one of the highest yeah. selling bands in the world. Yeah. But then like Steven Tyler left for that one album and like then the, then they got really into drugs and made some real shit. Then Permanent Vacation came out and that was their like We're Sober album. And then Pump came out and that was like Janie's Got a Gun, Love yeah. and Elevator, that shit. And then in the early 90s, they did that album Eat the Rich. Yeah. Uh, where they, or I think that's the name of this album, Eat the Rich. That's at least the name of the first song. Album. Yeah, I think it is. But then they have like the two, they did all the videos with Alicia Silverstone yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, with like crazy. Yeah. And yeah. his daughter, Liv Tyler. Yeah, yeah they made yeah. Take your shirt off and strip. Yeah, yeah. Steven Tyler, real gross. What a day. Yeah, father of the year. Yep. Yeah. Hey, but they made uh, Revolution X, and no one can take that away from them. I the wish I on, could. <laughs> the on rails arcade shooter where you and Aerosmith have to save rock music. It's just a reskin Terminator Two game. Yeah. Remember, music is the weapon. Uh, so that's going to do it for this mini-sode of Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosendahl. I'm Patrick Bromley. I'm still Jonathan the Screaming Skull, Rooney. That's my, like, wrestler persona now. That's Screaming pretty cool. Skull. Cut a promo. I'm Screaming Skull, and you're not very good at wrestling. I'm a better wrestler than you are, fellow peer. Why don't you come and prove it? When do they have wrestling Sunday nights now, or is it still set? Monday Night Raw! Uh, I'll fight you. End of promo. Yeah, and then the eagle screeches, and <laughs> we are all filled with patriotism and swelled with pride. Oh, so I'm a face. Cool. Yeah. Cool. yeah. All right. I was trying to bring some heel energy to that promo. <laughs> we were very intimidated, yep. but in a very like uplifting way. Yeah. Um, the We're done. Yeah. Body Counts of Beer is Patrick Bromley, John Rooney Taylor, and Mark Rosenthal. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play. I don't know, wherever you get your podcasts from. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Body Count Cast or email us at bodycountsandbeer at gmail.com.